Here we go. This is episode, I got to look here. These numbers are getting so big. 98. Episode wow. 98 of the No Laugh Track podcast. My name is Justin Severson and I'm here. It's a return from episode 27, which was 75 years ago. We did that one and now he's back. Dave Fulton is back. Welcome back. Thanks, man. Always a pleasure. Yeah. You are uh, from, let's see, now you live in... I live in London. I'm you, from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. You live in London. When did you, uh, where were you last week? Uh, I was in, actually gigging in Spokane, Washington last week. And then the week before that, I was in London doing the comedy store. And the week before that, I was in Chamonix, France. Oh, there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can make up names of cities. I know. Nobody's going to check at all. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. the thing. It's, it's like, um, you know, because I'm a writer and, and you send in these submissions or they're looking for writers and they go, oh, include your CV, you know, your resume. And uh, the last one, I just, uh, I said, you know, I can make up a lot of shit and there's no way you could check on this. So here's a link to my IMDb Pro page. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Who knows? Who yeah. knows what's on there? So when did you get to town? Monday? Yesterday? Uh, no, I got into town. Yeah, yesterday. Yesterday. But I'm I'm kind of post jet lag, you know. Yeah, I mean because it's a six hour time difference. So I've been kind of you know after being on this side of the pond for nine nine days already, it's been it's been good to kind of not fall asleep at ten o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah, I bet on stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, how could, how could you possibly make up for that? Like, uh, you'd have to have the shows in mid-afternoon or in the middle of the night, which would, would be the middle. Yeah, middle af- middle, mid-afternoon, yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, or you just, and the thing is, oh, you, know, you, you can take a nap during the day, but that screws up your clock. And um, what really sucks is you can force yourself to stay up late. I've seen, you know, I've done that. I'm like, all right, stay up, stay up, stay up, stay up, caffeine, iced tea. Whatever it takes, you know, you know, trucker stay alert pills. Sure. And then, um, but never fails, you know, because I'm eight hours ahead. It's like four o'clock in the morning, boing, you know, wide awake. <laughs> yeah. Shit. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah. So you get up and you, you know, <clears throat> you eat some melatonin, you have a wank, you try to go back to sleep. <laughs> it just doesn't fucking work. That means the same thing over here and over there, right? Wank? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fucking crack one off. <laughs> Snap one off. Actually, we talked about that the first time we heard the, uh, we, what was it? The, oh, I got in uh, trouble for saying wanker on wanker. BBC Breakfast. Yeah, we yeah. don't have to do that again. People can go back and listen to it. Yeah. It's an awesome story. <laughs> Absolutely. In fact, I posted the video on the uh, No Laugh Track Facebook page this morning. Mm. Yeah. I found it on there. Nice. It's like a minute-long clip. 33,000 views. 33 now. I think so. I thought it was, well, yeah, I knew it was over 30,000. I just didn't. <clears throat> yeah, it was funny when that happened. My phone blew up afterwards. Oh my god, oh my god! Still living out there. Yeah. Now, last time you uh, were in town early enough to do the um, open mic here. Yeah, that was great, man. You have a great open mic here in Minneapolis. I like the fact it's no cover. Every it's all introed in the back. Um, the newer you are, the less time you you get, and the earlier on the show you are. And um, and the place is up for it. I mean, I tell people about it in the UK how it works, and like, how does that work? I'm like, because they've just they kept doing it. Yeah, you know. And um, yeah, so there's a couple of places like that. There's a place in the UK called uh, Old Rope that happens on a Monday night. <clears throat> and essentially, what happens is uh, it's it's an open mic, but a kind of an open mic for established acts. Sure. And and the rule is, if you do um, some of your act, your old material. There's there's rope on stage like a noose on stage. If you if you do old material, you have to hold on to the rope to signify to the crowd that this is old material, and then you let go of the rope and go. This is the new stuff kind of thing. And uh, and if you and if you don't 
You know, if you do old stuff and you don't grab the rope and the crowd doesn't bust you, whoever's emceeing will bust you. They'll go on stage and go, uh, big hand for Dave Fulton. Oh, by the way, that whole bit about the uh, the monkey driving the car. Now nah, he, he's been doing that for years. Come on, Dave. You know, that kind of stuff. <clears throat> Come on, let's boo Dave. Like, boo. So it's a, it's a public shaming. Yeah, a bit. But they're very supportive on new material. And if the new material dies, you're like, okay, well, I got to work that out more or something like that. So uh, is, that the char- is that a show they charge for? Yeah, they charge for that. Yeah. And um, it's at a place called The Phoenix, which is in central London off of Oxford Street. But uh, yeah, old rope. It's great. How was uh, how was the show last night? Show Here. last night was was good. I mean, you know, numbers were down, but you know, I don't care. You know, honestly, I've done shows for four people. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and uh, and a good bill, you know, with uh, um, <clears throat> Earl and Shannon. You yeah. Know, nice folks. I knew them from the um, the twentieth anniversary show, which was fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, and it, it's kind of cool because the um, uh, people, you know, they they look me up and they show up and and um, and I'm recording another CD this week. Oh, you are? Yeah, with uh, uh, Dan Slicel. Oh, yeah, for Stand Up Records and um, and so he he set up last night and saw me and I got off stage after 50 minutes. I said, any overlap? And he says, one. Wow, one joke. Look at that. So I'm like, oh, okay, you know. So yeah. Yeah, so that's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to him trying to piece all that together. He did the uh, that stand-up records for people who don't know by yeah. name. And uh, he did the last one of yours, right? He does everybody. Yeah. You know, from people you like to people you don't like. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so uh, now i got a lot of time for Dan. He's uh, he, he likes he likes what's going on. I, wish, I just wish he was a little bit faster on the edit. Oh, but, really? Yeah. As he's, t- he's, he's known for not being, you know, cranking stuff out right away. But he's getting better. He's getting better. Well, that's funny because uh, you, that you say that because uh, you oh you know Dave Mordahl yeah 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 well he did Mordahl's CD right and it was recorded several years ago it right. took a really long time to be released and then the last person holding up uh, the release of this was me because Mordahl asked me to to name all the tracks on the CD no and he gave it to me gave me a you know like an early uh, copy and I sat on it for like two months oh, and then I was at the club and I ran into Dan a few times hey I don't mind to be pushy but uh, Mordahl's telling me that it's up to you to get this to me mm-hmm. and it's already been a few years like oh boy so, but I finally I came through nice I, I, it was privileged enough to be asked to do that it was really cool <laughs> I like Mordahl yeah, I like Dave. Mordahl's one of the best. Yeah. You know, you, when you said the uh, the name of the comedy club over there, it, it brought a question uh, up. In that, are there names, are there ridiculous names of comedy clubs in, in England like there are in the United States? <coughs> I mean, Acme's a great name, Acme's but, you know, we got the, name. you know, Chuckle Hut and the Funny Fingers and, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, that, that was actually, uh, Dana Gould had that line. Uh, I'm playing Uncle Chucky's Fuckle Hut. Um <laughs> The uh, uh, yeah, think about it. I mean, but you know, uh, because I imagine you know the uh, Brits are so you know can come across so distinguished and you know everything. No, that, uh, no, no, they're idiots. They're idiots. They really are. <laughs> they, they, they're hiding behind an accent you know, on a regular basis. Yeah, and that whole elitist kind of you know, we're educated and you know we gave you the language and all that kind of shit and you know and. Um, uh, I mean, I like the fact they have this a massive sense of humor because they had an empire and blew it. So, but they <laughs> still think they got gained. They still think the entire world is waiting for their opinion. Hmm. You know, oh my God, there's you know, Ukraine's going to shit. You know, and there's a, these horrible kidnappings in Africa, and uh, you know, miners have died in Turkey. We should know. Wait, 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 wait. wait what, what is England going to say? What is Britain going to say? We, we should get their opinion. No, no. You have you have five nuclear devices. We gave you four of them. You know, so. <laughs> <clears throat> but they uh, um, 
they do have, I mean, they do have, you know, I mean, there's a place called Outside the Box. Um, there is, uh, but there's, you know, the stand, the glee, the um, uh, raw was another one. Raw. Yeah, that's in Liverpool. Doing shows in Liverpool is weird because everybody in Liverpool is convinced they're way funnier than anybody else on the planet. So when you get on stage there, you immediately have a strike against you. And the fact I'm an American and I obviously have no concept of what humor is, (laughs) they hate me immediately. I mean, I've had this, you know, I honestly, dude, like two, you know, once or twice a week in every, for 14 years, somebody will go, Bubba, this night, well, Dave's an American. Oh, okay, well, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you're jokingly or seriously, oh, well, you wouldn't understand this. Oh, oh look at you, the American, or, you know, or, oh, you're not as fat as I thought you'd be. I mean, every, there's all these kind of little jabs constantly. <clears throat> not as fat as I thought you'd be. Yeah, all that kind of, and, with, and the Canadians are the worst, man. The Canadians, they get on stage, the first thing they want the audience to know is they're not Americans, you know, because they're shit scared of being blamed for stuff that they were afraid to get involved with in the first place. And... <laughs> So I had to start writing anti-Canadian material. Seriously? Yeah, yeah you do, you know. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't give a shit. But, it's not you know, fair. No, I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird. I have friends of mine are Canadians, and we'll be in the green room, because we'll all be on the bill, because the way the shows run there, they'll have five acts with an MC, and we're all doing 20 minutes. And uh, and they're like, hey, Dave, good to see you. Yeah, you too, Phil. Wow, this and that. You know, being, hey, I got to go on. Yeah, you bet. Right? And they'll get on stage going, hey, the Americans here? Yeah, I fucking hate Americans. Yeah, they suck. And, you know, I'm in the green room going, I, I thought we well, were just hugging it out a minute ago, man. Motherfuckers. Yeah, totally. And then you get up, yeah, see you later, Dave. Yeah, see you later, Phil. And, you know, yeah, that kind of thing. So it's 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 a weird one. But, you know, the thing is, I blow shit on Americans, too. I mean, I, I'll do shows in, 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 in London and Manchester or whatever, some of the big towns, or even all over the world. And, uh, and I call out, I go, any Americans in the room? You know, and it's great because the Americans who've been living there a while will go kind of raise a finger or just kind of, or their friend will go, he is. You know, that kind of stuff. Right. Like the Americans who just showed up are like, woo yeah! And you and I just tell them, so you haven't learned to shut the fuck up in Europe? <laughs> You're still a target, you asshole. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but I did, I had a weird thing happen. I was going to tell Lewis. I was, uh, when I was at the comedy store, I think it was Friday night, they said, oh, there's some people here to see some of the comedians. Or no, no, that's what, the MC went on stage and they said, um, oh, what are you doing here? You know, oh, we've came here to see comics, you know, with people we know. <clears throat> so I got on stage I said, you know, the Americans. And I hear this, yeah. And I go, the guy, I'll never forget, he was sitting off stage right. And I'm like, uh, oh, wow, man, where are you from? He goes, uh, uh, Minnesota. And I jokingly, I always do this, oh, my God, Minnesota, I hate Minnesota. <laughs> and uh, right. so he laughs, and then uh-huh. I go, no, seriously, man, where are you from? He goes, Minneapolis. And I go, wow, I'll be there, like, next, you know, in a couple weeks. Yeah. I said, uh, what brings you out to the comedy store? <laughs> and he looks at me, and he goes, seriously? I went, yeah. And he goes, I came here to see you. I went, Really? He's like, yeah, I saw you in Acme about five years ago. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and I was just like, it's one of those things where I'm in front of 400 people and I suddenly look at this guy going, whoa, I'm not, I don't know how to take that. No. I really don't know how to, <clears throat> I'm not very good with fans. I, I never have it. I can't believe anybody would follow anybody for anything. <laughs> and, and I was just like, oh, shit, okay. Well, where do you live now? And he's like, I live on the island of Guernsey, which is the Channel Islands. So we talked a little bit about that in front of 400 people. And I was just like, well, you know. Tell your family to come see me and, and act me, and I'll, I'll buy him a beer. And he's like, okay. I said, was I any good five years ago? He goes, I showed up here, didn't I? And I went, okay. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. You know, it's kind of like, man, this, this world thing is getting smaller and smaller on me. Wow. Did you buy him a beer or anything? Well, you know, uh, no, I was doubled up. But I asked the bar, and I said, this guy comes over, get him a beer. So, I hope, you know, yeah, they did. So, But, 
Yeah, it was weird. I'm like, well, I saw you like me. What? 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 Holy shit. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. That's amazing. I was looking at your, uh, I want to catch us, catch up with some other things uh, with you here. I was looking at your Facebook page. Oh, shit. Yeah. And we're going to hit all the hard stuff here. No, um, you said of being in Acme this week, you're hoping to sling jokes and uh, stop by the House of Balls to see if Alan got a new cat. Yeah. The hell does that mean? House of Balls. It's it's the um, the studio over there at uh, just across the bridge. You know where uh, uh, Sadie and Moose's is. Mm-hmm. It's around the corner of that. It's called House of Balls. He's been there forever. He used to be in the old um, Buckskin Tanhide place where the uh, the Federal Reserve is or whatever the fuck that is. Oh, just down the street from yeah. here. Yeah, <clears throat> used to be that old building. He was there, and now he's you know around the corner from Sadie and Moose's, and he got his start car- carving bowling balls. And the um, the guy who runs it, a guy named Alan Christensen. I've known him 20 years, you know. And um, he's into art cars. He's got a pickup truck covered in bowling material. And he goes to Burning Man every year. And, um, yeah, he's a great guy. And he used to have these massively fucking fat cats. And um, and one of them stroked out. So uh, oh, no. And he was going to get another one because they were huge. It was just like trailer trash cats. But <laughs> And um, so, yeah, I was going to see if he got a new cat. Yeah, and the thing is, because he has a day job, he's a journeyman electrician. Um, he only works there at night. So what what I used to do, what I always do when I come here, is I do the show here and have a few drinks, and then I walk back to the hotel, and it's not that far away yeah. from the hotel. So I just walk an extra block or two and walk into his his studio, and we drink beer, and I watch him weld shit up. Oh, so, how uh, cool! Yeah, and he makes uh, all kinds of sculptures out of just junk and and things. So uh, yeah, he's great. Do yeah. you have any other relationships? relationships like that easy for me to say in uh, other towns you <clears throat> across the globe that you yeah, you know cuz you're mean, all over the place yeah i mean typically when i come back to the states i'll i'll just book shows where i i want to see people and and i mean obviously I'll, i have a history with acme and right and um i'll play seattle i'll play spokane um you lived in seattle yeah i lived in seattle so yeah. i have a bit of a relationship there and then <clears throat> i was going to play up in calgary a while back but the money was so amazingly shit oh. that I just said I I can't I can't justify this I just can't you know it's che- it would be cheaper for me to drive up here my own on my own dime than to do five shows for the money you're going to pay me you know and their attitude was like well all right you know I'm like, okay fine so so um yeah and then you know same thing in, in the UK you know and and uh, I mean I I played uh, there's a club in Amsterdam called Tumler. Um, and it's all in Dutch, but six weeks in the summer, they do English-speaking comedy, and I've done it for years, and I was there last summer, and uh, they're they're interviewing me for this Dutch online comedy channel thing, and the gal's talking to me, and she goes, uh, she's like, oh, yes, Dave, you come here, and this, this, that, and we're walking around Amsterdam to all the different spots, and and she goes, yes, Dave, there is a, uh, there's, there's one English-speaking comedian who has done the uh, Tumblr Comedy trained international, fourteen years in a row, and I'm like, really? She's like, yeah. Do you know who that is? And I kind of went, ah, oh, who'd that be? And I went, oh my god, it's me. Yeah. And she went, yes, it's you. You have done this fourteen years in a row. And as soon as I heard that, I thought, that's it. They're not going to ask me back. You know, why would you? <laughs> oh no. <clears throat> yeah. You know, and even though I come up with new material every time, and the owners are cool and stuff like this, yeah, I'm like, shit. <laughs> Shit, <laughs> no, you know? so I didn't even bother him to get on this year, and I no. sent him an email. I said, "Yeah, obviously I'm not there, you know, blah blah blah. Enjoy that." And uh, they're like, "Yeah, we'll miss you. We we'll miss you, you know." And and there are people who show up every year to see me, so I'm really curious to see how many people will walk in and go, "Where's Dave?" Son of a bitch. Where's Dave? Yeah. And there were teasing- how much time do you have to take off to go back? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, uh, well, I'm looking forward to it because I was, I was talking to a buddy of mine, uh, Vic Hanley. 
I told him about it. He goes, well, look at it this way, Dave. It's, you know, you'll come back. You'll, you'll take a year off and come back, and they'll be happy to see you. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, totally. You know, but it's cool. You, get, you stay at the Amsterdam Hilton, and, and you're, in, you're in fucking Amsterdam for four nights. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, the very first time I ever played the club, I'll never forget the uh, the manager, Ava. Uh, we're sitting there talking. She's like, yes, we'll give you the food, and that's good. But uh, And here's some drink tickets. And I just let you know, your first six drinks are free, but then you have to pay for them. I'm like, first six drinks. Wow. It's better than first class. Yeah. If I get to seven, then, yeah, I'll pay. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, no, it was, it, it, it was a really great club. As a matter of fact, um, uh, this summer, Tom Rhodes is going to be playing it for the first time in years, like mm. 10 years. So, I saw you speaking of Facebook. I think you wrote that on on uh, Facebook. Yeah, your buddies doing, with Tom. Yeah, he's doing um, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival this year for the first time ever doing a solo show. Um, I've done it five times and was asked back to do it again, but I, I turned it down because I'm going to do a. Um, it looks like I'm going to do a film in August. So, but um, yeah, so I wish him luck. You know, he's like, oh man, I've been really scared to do it. That's what he should tell me. He probably denies that. Now. <laughs> yeah. So, but Tom Rhodes is too cool for school, man. He sure thinks so. <laughs> I love him. He was just here, what, a month ago or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a name, I, like I told you, I I, uh, I often listen back, you know, if I have repeat guests here, I listen back to the first episode kind of, so we don't cover too many things, you mm-hmm. know, twice. And there was a name that you mentioned, and he's since passed away. <coughs> Bob oh, Hoskins. Yeah. You mentioned him on the first time we did the podcast. Yeah, and, we and, uh, did just a, recently he passed away. We did a film together. I have an uncredited bit part in this film called uh, Ruby Blue. I threw him out of a bar, and then he, yeah, he just died at seventy-one, had a pneumonia. And my wife was in a movie with him, and and I got drunk with him, and he was uh, an absolute joy. And uh, yeah, seventy-one. You're like, holy shit, man. That's that's pretty. That's pretty young. So drunk, Bob Hoskins was fun. Drunk Bob Hoskins was fun. Did I tell you the, the uh, uh, Roger Rabbit story with Bob? No, I don't know. Oh man, because I, um, I, I we did this bit part and I was going to leave as a two-hour motorcycle ride where they're filming this thing. And I said, "Hey, nice to meet you." This and that, and I, I said, "I saw you in this great film called Inserts." And he was like, "Oh, I sit down. You know, are you leaving? Come on." You know, so we ended up drinking a couple of balls of wine, and. Um, so I never brought up any of the big films he's done. I was talking about all the stuff, the other stuff, because all the Eng- English love him and, you know, Long Good Friday, you know, which, which is a great film. <clears throat> and uh, and I mentioned, you know, Roger Rabbit. And um, and he was telling me two stories about Roger Rabbit he was telling me is, uh, first off, uh, Christopher Lloyd, you know, who played the bad guy. In mm-hmm. He um, he said, yeah, he showed up one day. You know, he showed up and, and he, he had like a scratch on his cheek or, you know, or a bruise, you know, on his neck or on his arm. And, and this is going on for like a week or so. And the makeup people are working hard to cover the, the fucking blemishes. And the director walks over, and I can't remember who the director was, and, and says, hey, Chris, what's uh, what's going on, man? You're coming up. You're showing up in the morning kind of beat up. What's going on? And Chris Lloyd goes, well, I've got these uh, I've got these two women that are in my hotel room. And um, one of them's a bit rough, you know, so... Uh, yeah, you know, and the director goes, well, look, you know, we got a budget here and we got we got a job here to do. So you better sort this out. You know, Chris is like, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll get her to leave. I'll, I'll get I'll get I'll get that one to leave. I'll get that one to leave. Right. So the next day he shows up and he has two black eyes. What? No way. <laughs> yeah. No, no. And so the director walks over to him and it's, you know, because he's sitting next to the makeup table with Bob. Yeah, yeah. And the director walks over to Chris Roy and goes, Chris, what's going on here, man? I thought you were going to ask one of those girls to leave. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Problem is, I asked the wrong one. <laughs> the rough one stayed. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> what, he, he didn't know which one was which? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, you know. Leave a light on next which time. Which is cool, because then you were like, fucking Chris Lloyd's into some rough sex, man. I mean, he likes Reverend be- Jim. Yeah, he likes to get beat up a bit. Wow. You know? Yeah, the guy who's the executive producer on Modern Family likes it, uh, yeah, with some pain. I uh, but uh, that's gonna that's gonna pop into my head when I finally watch. I have two daughters. I don't think they've seen Roger Rabbit yet. And I love that as a kid, so I will be watching it with them someday. Well, you know the um, he was also telling me that uh, the first day of shooting, Charles Fleischer shows up, who did the voice. Voice, yep. yeah. And uh, so he shows up, and they're all setting that stuff up, and they're gonna do um, uh, what was it? the first scene was in in uh, Bob Hoskins flat, you know, and he when he. He's choking the bunny out, but it's just a, it's a it's a hose with a pipe that squirts him in the face, and they're going to obviously yep. you know add in later in mm-hmm. post. And so Charles shows up, and he's like, uh, "Yeah, where's my bunny suit?" And the director's going, "What?" He's like, "I'm the voice of the bunny, right?" Roger, and like, "Yeah, uh, I need a bunny suit." And the uh, and everybody's like real quiet, and the director goes, uh, "Charles, you're you're not in the movie. You're just doing the voice." Oh no! And Charles goes, "I know that." But I, I have to have a bunny suit. You want me in character? I need a bunny suit. And like, okay, well, we'll sort that out for you, you know. And uh, so they did. They shot that day, and the next day, they got a full bunny suit, top to bottom, ears. Really? <laughs> yeah, you know, with the hands and you know, in the mitts and the and the little bunny feet, covered entire body except for the head. You know what you now call a onesie. You know they had they got they got Charles, uh, uh, you know, really this bunny onesie. And uh, and he did the entire thing wearing this bunny suit, and he didn't take it off during the day. And he had, Charles is always complaining about back problems, so he would go to the pharmacist and ask for painkillers and shit in a fucking bunny suit. And uh, and the pharmacist would hand out pharmacies like pills yeah, to him. Okay, you know, yeah, just get him out of here. But Bob's yeah. much must be different. Yeah, but Bob <laughs> said. The, so think about that when you watch Roger Rabbit. The entire time, everybody's acting. Bob Hoskins, all nine yards, and they're doing all the voices. All the actors are off screen. I mean, including you know Kath, uh, Kathleen Turner. She was off you know, off camera right, as well, but right. she's doing the voice. So he's acting to this you know this figure, but she he can hear what she's saying. Yeah. So that's uh, that's how they're able to do it in real real time. They didn't have to do the ADR. Yeah, so think about that. When they're doing all those scenes with Roger Rabbit and him, Charles Fleischer is just off camera dressed as a bunny. <laughs> yeah, amazing. So this is the kind of shit that Bob told me, and I'm so glad I met him and I was able no to hear kidding. those stories before he yeah, he died. No, you definitely you definitely didn't say uh, tell that story last time. That, that's cool. fantastic. Uh, Target, that's method acting. Mm. Completely, right? Or just a fucking weirdo. Just fucking weirdo. <laughs> Well, since we were talking about acting, let's get to uh, some of your stuff. Oh man, <clears throat> yeah. Because I've been—I uh, think I talked about doing films, you know, actually writing and directing films. Yes, let's go to that first. You uh, had some short films. Yeah, and, and the plan was at the time in 2012 when we last talked that uh, you were going to try to get them together, maybe in like uh, four As a feature. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's kind of come to be. Um, we we had a bit of a hiccup. With the executive producer, um, no names mentioned, and he, uh, we, and the plan was to do six, you know, six or seven, <clears throat> and then link them together with a host, you know, kind of like we're gonna call it Tales from the Back of the Pub, and uh, so I, I did my fifth one in November, really great one with these two actors, Roger Evans and Joanna Hartley. Um, do you ever see the movie This Is England at all? Uh, anyway, no. but 
<clears throat> just amazing. And it's essentially about a, a husband that goes down into the cellar and, and digs up the wife he murdered a, a month earlier and has a conversation with her because oh. he misses her. And it's an inner dialogue in his head, but she responds in kind. You know, she's all pale and stuff. Not like zombie pale, but, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And then when he gets done, he's like, well, i got to pick the kids up. And he puts her back in the body bag and, you know, buries her again. So, yeah, dark. So, oh, yeah. Um, and all the stuff is like that. None of it's, you know, all my comedy is, is not Seth Rogen kind of stuff. It's all very, really, am I supposed to laugh at this? You know, that kind of stuff. Sure. So, <clears throat> so this other program came out on one of the channels in England that he felt that it was close to what we were trying to do. I disagreed. We got in a huge argument. Oh, and um, so my problem is I come from a background of, really? Fuck you, I'm gone. You know, as opposed to I'll do anything to keep making this happen or whatever. I was just, you know, he, he, and some people don't understand that. They don't understand that if you push, especially comedians because we're self-employed, that if you go, well, you're doing it this way and if you don't like it, you can fuck off. And comics go, all right, bye. Yeah. You know, if you, if you push us to the point that there is, you know, it's either my way or the highway, comics will go, I'm on the highway, you know, yeah. <laughs> and um, at least the old ones, maybe new ones now are like, yeah, all right, I'll suck your cock, let's go. So, um, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, and we had a bit of a, a, a falling on that, and then, and but in the end, you know, it was um, we kind of did a reboot and decided. I decided I came up with a way to link all the shorts together, and so um, so we're gonna shoot the next short in about a month or so, and then um, oh, awesome. Yeah, and then and the links, and then it'll be released this fall under the title "Bad Times." Oh, okay. Yeah, written directed by me, <clears throat> and then um, and then I'm working with some people at Universal in LA on a horror film of all play, all things, and so um, on two ideas. One is in the developmental stages, and the other one is I'm I'm writing right now, and it's really tough to write a horror film and not put jokes in. You know, I, I do, but I because I, I love Cabin in the Woods. I thought Cabin in the Woods was amazing, mm-hmm. and uh, and Slither, you know, James Gunn's thing was amazing. It was what it was. Tough to market those things though. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying not to lean too much to that and still get the blood and the guts and the gore. So it's it's a great great challenge. Well, well, I, why you? Why are you? Why are you and not somebody else? If- I have no idea, <laughs> dude. I don't even you know. I've never been one of these guys with a five year career plan. I mean, you know, oh, I'll do this, I'll market myself this way, I'll get this going. I mean, even the comics now that you would look at them and go, oh, it's just a big happy accident why they're famous. It's They're not. I mean, like Stanhope is one of the most brilliant marketers I've ever, you know, I've ever met. That guy was on, on ball, on point the whole time, and has sold the world on the idea that it was all happy accident. I mean, he used to put, you know, get people on mailing lists, and he was, you know, one of the first guys on MySpace and it's Facebook and, you know, website. And, you know, so he comes to town, and you know, you know, he's one of these guys. And, yeah. uh, and he gets there, and you just seem like, oh, oh, I've discovered him. No, he, he meant for you to find him. Interesting. You know? Yeah. And he's brilliant at that. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, to the point now he probably regrets his success, <laughs> you know? So, Does but, he still have a place in the – He's in Bisbee, Arizona. Yeah, yeah. that's it. So, um, so, yeah, same with – but I am more of a, a happy accident in <laughs> – and uh, I mean, I love writing, and people have kind of picked up on that, and, and I'm trying to exploit that more. And um, but movie wise, I um, uh, this year I was in a, I was in a western. There was a there's a western called Blood Moon. It's like a three million dollar film they shot in the UK. Uh, it's a it's it takes place in 1880, and I uh, I ride shotgun on a stagecoach. I saw the picture. Yeah. You look good in the cowboy hat. Dude, that was, you know, it was so weird to be hanging around all these English people that when the camera's off, they're like, you know, right, mate, yeah, right, mate, right, and action. 
so b- b- Billy Sue, where are we going? You know, you're just like, what? You know? Yeah, because there's a real prejudice against Americans there anyway. <clears throat> um, I've run into, I, you know, criticism is like, Dave, we'd love to use you for the show to host this, but you got the wrong passport. You have the wrong accent. We don't hire Americans. Yeah. You know, they'll hire Brits with an American accent, but it's not the other way around. And I got hired this because, of, A, the way I look, and B, I'm, I'm a Yank, and they wanted some authenticity to the whole thing. Now, who is the other guy? He's a comic as well. Yeah, Tony Law, who's, uh, who's piss funny. He's a surreal comic. Uh, great guy, Canadian. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, another one, another one of those anthropological experiments where he started doing stand-up in the UK. So he's never known what it was like to trudge across Canada and America, you know, slinging jokes to, you know, rednecks and shit like uh-huh. that. So he started there. So he has this amazing outlook on the whole biz, and uh, and it works for him, you know, and just a super guy. And it was cool hanging with another stand-up on set because we're watching all these actors and stuff and everybody's really giving and they're kind of messing around and we're laughing and I looked at Tony I'm like this is really fun man he's like yeah this is not like sitting in a green room with a bunch of backbiting sons of bitches <laughs> you know yeah. everybody here really wants to do this and, and they're very creative and they're very giving and I went wow you know so yeah, where's it, that thing going to end up where, where will people see that <clears throat> um, I know it's in post right now it'll probably come out you know, sometime this winter, and uh, I'm sure they'll do an international release. It won't be like at the Odeon, but it'll come up. And if you're a horror fan, it'll be on the horizon. Um, so there's that, and then, um, and then, uh, you know, like I, I've never, I never, I never claimed to be an actor or whatever. I'm just a really good liar. <laughs> and you know, I've took a couple courses years and years ago, and I have a great respect for it. <clears throat> My problem with it, I, I can't be an actor because I look at guys like you know the late Philip Seymour Hoffman or. You know, Steve Buscemi or, you know, all these other guys. And you just go, fuck, you're good, you know? And I'll never be that good. You know, like Michael Fassbender. Holy shit, can that guy fucking throw down, you know? And you want to be that, but you're like, I can't, can't, you know, hold that. And uh, so... And then when it happens, I, you know, I, I, I've always never, never want to get it over my head. Hey, we want to do a whole sitcom centered around you. You're an idiot. That's not <laughs> going to happen. You're a fucking idiot. So I, I, I'm, we're shooting this pilot for Comedy Central, and uh, and I have this bit part. I play this, you know, grizzled fucking guy running a, a dive bar in Miami, and they're shooting it in London. You know, so yeah, I don't know where it's going to go, and there, I didn't have to sign any non-disclosure agreement, so uh, I can tell you if it happens. No. But, uh, yeah, we did a big table reading, and they liked it, and we'll see where it goes. But I have, like, two scenes, <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know, and uh, about around some really, really funny people. And I, and I might be shooting another film in Geneva in August. Geneva? Yeah. Really? So, yeah, they got a hold of my agent in London, and they said, hey, we saw Dave on this, and we liked the way he looks, and blah, blah, blah. We're going to shoot this little featurette, which is under an hour, and we're looking at funding, so I had to give a letter of intent, which means, yeah, I'll do it. It doesn't mean you have to clear your schedule. And uh, I said, what's my part? And they go, you pay, play uh, a 50-year-old American banker who's burnt out. <laughs> and I went... You're getting typecast, Thank Dave. you. <laughs> Which part's a compliment? Yeah. All of it? <laughs> I guess I don't have to get a... Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. There we go. Yeah. yeah, don't have to shave. Thank you. Am I grizzled enough today? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, you know. I, well, you know, it was funny. I was doing the makeup for uh, Blood Moon and the makeup gals who were... Um, Hot and uh, and they were kind of talking to me like oh we had this discussion and you you remind us of Sam Elliott from Roadhouse which I don't get at all ever. 
But when somebody tells you that, you're like, that's he's that's the coolest fucking guy in that movie, Sam Elliott from oh, Roadhouse. No question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I'll take that. Fuck yeah, yeah. I don't deserve that, but I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, why would you say that? I go, well, we saw you right up in your chopper, and you know, and you kind of, I went, and you're, you know, kind of weathered, and I went. Yeah, I'm there. Nice. I'm totally there. Yeah. Does this mean I have to kick some guy's knee out, you know, and say Patrick Swayze before he dies of pancreatic cancer because he can't stop smoking? <laughs> so. Can you do the voice, though? Uh, hurts, don't it? So. You know, it's funny. When my wife, who is an actress, before I did this Western, she's, you know, I'm reading the part. She's like, no, don't do that. You know, I'm not, you know, she's like, hey. Come on, Yancey, we got to get this stage. And she's like, no, don't do it. Just do your straight voice. Just do the straight voice because you have kind of a, you know, because you're from the West anyway and that's how you talk. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, okay, straight voice, play a straight, straight voice. I show up the first day of shooting and everybody's there. It's like, so anyway, I think we ought to go down to the. I'm like, oh, oh, no. Yeah, they all sound like fucking slim pickings and shit <laughs> like that. And I'm playing it straight, you know. And then the director, there's a scene where the, uh, the guy, you know, Tony, gets shot, and he's the driver, and I'm just riding stagecoach. So he gets shot, and we got squims and all the special effects and shit like this. And the director goes, uh, he goes, all right, Dave, you know, your, your, your buddy just got shot. You know, there's no lines, but, you know, hey, come up with something. I'm like, okay. So they go, all right, you know, and action, bang. You know, and, Yan- and Tony goes down, Yancey, and first line is they go, hey, look who got promoted. <laughs> then they cut, <laughs> you know. They do it again, right? And, and action, bang, it goes down. I'm like... You're like, well, I guess I'm fucking your wife. You know, he's caught. You know? <laughs> so we did like six of those and finally, like, come on, man, come up with something, you know. Yeah, but it was cool just uh, to play around with them. It, nice. yeah, it was really fun. What yeah. What is uh, Stalled? What's that movie? Oh, God. Oh, should we not bring that up? No, no. Oh, okay. Stalled was, Stalled is a comedy zombie horror film that takes place in a, in a woman's bathroom. Lavatory, right? And essentially, what happens is this um, maintenance worker is, you know, gets stuck in this toilet, and a Christmas office party goes haywire where everybody turns into zombies, you know. And he, so he's stuck in a stall, in a, in a toilet stall with the door barricade, trying to, you know, keep these people at bay, and eventually escapes out the back wall. So. <clears throat> And it, it, what's cool is it's what they call one room. So most of it takes place, you know, 90% of it takes place in this bathroom that they built. Right. And, um, and the guys who put it together, uh, a guy named Anthony Haylock and Daniel Pickering, did an amazing job putting it together. Never got credit for it, which sucked. Um, the guy who wrote it stars in it, Dan Palmer. Um, a guy named CJ, you know, directed it. And so, and I see all this happening, and they shot, uh, you know, part of it at Pinewood Studios. And they wanted, like, a celebrity cameo. You know, and so they came to me and they said, Do you know anybody? I'm like, Yeah, I know, you know, all the guys, you know, the big comics in the UK. And so, Do you think one of them would do this? So I got a hold of this guy named Rufus Hound, who's funny and, you know, and he's on television all the time. I said, Rufus, would you do this? You know, this cameo. You know, you get dressed up as, as, as an English Christmas pudding, as you're kind of the joke, you know, in a fancy dress thing, office party, and you're a zombie. And, and Rufus, who's, you know, even though he's doing really well and he's going, He's game. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know. So they keep putting it off and putting it off, putting it off. And finally, they get a hold of me after Christmas, and they say, this is a couple of years ago, and they go, hey, we need we need Rufus now for, you know, on the 27th, 28th of, of December. So I get a hold of Rufus. I'm like, hey, man, you know, can you do it? And he's like, no. My whole family's here for between Christmas and New Year's. I can't get away. I can't take two days out to fucking shoot this thing. Yeah. So I tell him, I said, he can't do it. And so I tried to find somebody else, and they couldn't do it. So they come to me like, will you do it? And I'm like, I'm not a celebrity. <laughs> 
And like, and at this point, they're going, well, we just need somebody to you know, dress up as Christmas pudding. And they're like, please, please, please. And I'm like, all right, no, don't credit me. Please don't. And they're like, no, no, come on, come on. Oh, so, no. So <clears throat> I did. So I had to wear like brown tights. I got this big bulbous kind of, you know, it looks like I'm. It looks like a mayor McFucking cheese, and with this thing, and spoiled. I'm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I've got zombie makeup on, so I'm in like two scenes, and uh, what they sh- it was yeah, and um, and they were trying to take pictures of me in the makeup chair, and I said, I swear to God, I'll, I'll, I'll knock your fucking teeth out. And uh, so yeah, so I'm in the trailer of the goddamn movie in the tights. Yeah, and you know, dressed as Christmas pudding, trying to get through this door. I can't fit through the door to the toilet because I'm too wide, right? So, yeah, and um, and so it, it played in Fright Fest in London uh, last year, and you know people were going, "Oh my God, I saw you installed!" You know, and uh, and I said, "Yeah, I tried to Alan Smythe that, and yeah, lowest day of my life, and that kind of shit." And <clears throat> I mean, I'm, it, you know, the, I hope the guys make their money back, and I would say will eventually. And but uh, yeah, it wasn't really my shining moment. <laughs> yeah, you, you couldn't have said no. No, because the guys working on at the time, everybody working behind the camera, production wise, not Dan and CJ, but over the other, the exec producer, the producer, uh, the set designer, all those guys, um, I consider friends, and they kind of said, "Can you help us?" And I'm, I've always been the kind of guy that, hey, we're moving house, and you know, we, we, yeah, I'm there, man. You know, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. But yeah. So. Are you going to be in town in October? Because I might be moving then and I could use a hand. Nah. <laughs> I don't know where I'll be in October. I'll pencil you in. How about that? All right, thanks. All thanks, right, well, uh, I'll, give you, I'll give you a little notice. I'll yeah. see what happens there. Heads up. I don't remember where I heard this uh, the other day, but I was listening to the radio and someone said uh, it made me come up with this, this question, and I'm going to pose it to you. Have you ever laughed someone into bed? Oh God, constantly. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my God, laughter is the, the is the number one social lubricant. <clears throat> What's that old joke about a comic being at a at a bar after you know, and a woman walks up to him and goes, "Oh my God, I saw you at Acme on Friday. You were so funny." And the comic goes, first show, second show." <laughs> Oldest joke ever, and. Um, yeah, because, uh, I mean, there's that old joke, you know, we get the fat, ugly ones, they figured, oh, fuck it, he's got a sense of humor. But, yeah, man, I've used humor a lot, man. Humor helped me get laid a lot. Yeah, and long hair, but the, um, <laughs> but yeah, man, you know. And also because we're not uh, comics, we're incredibly insecure anyway, and we're emotionally retarded. So, you know, which is why so many comedians' marriages fail. <laughs> How long has yours been going uh, I've been with her for 14 years. We've been, and our 10 year anniversary is coming up uh, a week from tomorrow. Con- wow! Congrats! Uh, I give it another year. Yeah, another year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, man. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's a, it is. I mean, I've, man, I think about. Yeah, I got laid a lot because of comp because of that. Nice. Which, by the way. Um, a little side note for men when you meet that special person and they go how many partners have you had how many girls have you been with don't tell them tell instead go oh how many have you been with and if they go uh 14 you go yeah that's about right for me Mm -hmm. you know don't do what i did you know where i i i I figured i'll lowball this i'll lowball this i was like 240 250 you know and as soon as you said you get the what like and then you go, well, that includes hand jobs, right? You know, you're trying to save it. <laughs> then you just make it worse. Right, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Hand 
jobs. Oh, God. You know? I count the random handy. Oh, I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, her parents didn't see. What? You know, so. Oh, that's great. There's a, uh, I don't know, did you see this story? I want to get your thoughts on this one. There's a uh, teacher in Oklahoma. He, uh, she had a student who was doing very poorly in school. Until they started sleeping together. Sweet. And then gave him 98% on one of his tests. Nice. Yeah. Which test was that? Paternity? <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, did, first question, did you have a teacher that you would have? Uh, that you would have? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, first, uh, Mrs. Everson in high school. Everybody wanted her. And then... Um, Wait, what was that name? Uh, Mrs. Everson, Barb Everson. She was okay. That's hot. real close to my last name, Severson. Oh, really? No, so it's Everson. Okay. Yeah, Barb was hot, man. And then, um, <clears throat> and then in oh, there was another girl. I can't remember her name in high school. It was good looking, and a friend of mine did better. And then, do you think if you would have slept with Miss Mrs. Everson, Everson that sh- your grade would have improved or done gone down? No, Mrs. Everson would have never bed me. Well, no, because I was 17 and I was a car chasing a, I was a dog chasing a car. There's no way I would have got her naked and just started giggling and 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 probably just shot my load without touching. Right. You know, <laughs> you know that kind of stuff. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. <clears throat> I mean, I got into college and you know you start getting a little more educated and and um, I mean I, I did I did one of the uh, uh, junior teachers in college. Nice. Yeah, um, I wasn't taking classes from her, but yeah, I got some of that, and then um, yeah, and then did you know I've had a few teachers since then, but <laughs> yeah, that was in the eighties, you know, so yeah, it happens. You know, the, yeah, teachers are teachers are weird ones. Yeah, yeah, I, I wanted like to be spanked, and I, I hadn't really seen that, so you know, who's gonna have to stay after that kind of stuff? <laughs> really? Yeah, some role play stuff was pretty weird. <laughs> was there? <laughs> Yeah, I, there was no dunce hat, was there? No, no, no. I used to. Well, you know when that that, that I mean, come on, that video, that old video from Van Halen, hot for teacher. Yeah. Oh yeah. Got it made. Got it made. <laughs> yeah. So uh, got a bag. Got a bag. Got a bag. Yeah. I'm hot for teacher. So yeah, I had that. But you know, my problem was is most of the time to be on the road, I I had a big run of strippers, and uh, to the point that it was kind of. You know, it's like doing drugs. It's like, oh, I'm not going to buy drugs anymore. But they kept showing up, you know, kind of thing. And, um, yeah. and That's interesting. Now, strippers, meeting them in strip clubs? <clears throat> because I've been... Uh, well, first off, yeah, some. Some meeting them in strip clubs. Some meeting them outside of strip clubs. One of the gals I dated, I broke my heart. She became a stripper while we were dating. As a friend of mine says, I drove her to it. <laughs> um, Is that the part that broke your heart? No, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, uh, that was a weird one, because, uh, you know, it was like, I was obsessed with her, you know, completely, and it wasn't because she was a stripper, it's just because she just had her claws in me big time. Sure, sure. And, uh, maybe everybody has one of those, yeah. and, um, and she went on to become a licensed massage therapist, she got a g- degree in kinesiology, so went on to be a, you know, licensed massage therapist, and of course, this was after we'd broken up and she was off, and, you know, and I couldn't help but think, well, at least she still has the outfits. <laughs> <laughs> that come with a happy ending, but um, <laughs> right, <clears throat> yeah, and that was uh, that was that was one of those ones you just kind of you have to go cold turkey and just not get a hold of her ever. And then what was weird is uh, last year she just you know I found a, I thought I burned all the pictures and and she just popped up 
oh. on the horizon, and she's friend of mine found her on Facebook, and she's uh, she spends like a bunch of time in, in Europe and Spain and shit. So I was like, holy shit, you know. But I'm, I'm fine. I, I, I think she'd probably walk right by me. No, I don't know. I don't know what she would do. I don't care, you yeah. know. But uh, yeah, that was you know kind of wow, you know. But yeah, but I drove her to being a stripper, and then um, and she met and her, divorced her first husband from that, and then and then I started seeing girls who used to be you know you get to talk and you do the confessional point. Oh, so what did you say? Well, uh, I was a stripper for about six months, and I'm yeah. like Jesus Christ. Six really? months means two years. <clears throat> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh-huh. You know, so. Um, so, yeah, I gave all that up. And then when I met my wife, you know, I, I told her all that kind of shit. And she used to say, shit, you used to date a lot of strippers. What does that say about me? I'm like, well, you could if you needed to, yeah. you know. So It's a compliment. Yeah. Well, I always, I always live by the idea that you don't control who you fall in love with. I mean, if you oh, could, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, I, who knows where I'd be. But <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking stuck in England because I fell in love with an English girl. <laughs> So um, I've been to strip clubs uh, when friends of mine have left with uh, phone numbers and whatnot, mm-hmm. and it's it's never it always is so covert. You know, I remember one time because you know these gals can get in a lot of trouble if they're mm-hmm. caught you know dating a uh, paying customer. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time a my buddy got the number. The girl came down from uh, performing on the stage, came to our table, and stuck her finger in her mouth and pulled out the phone number on a piece of paper that she was hiding under her tongue. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, if it was up her vagina, everybody would have seen it. <laughs> I, it almost sounds like we set that up, but that was not set up. <laughs> My God. I'm not making that. It really did happen. Well, really every girl, happen. every stripper that ever gave me their number, you get the uh, oh my, you know, my strip name's Candy, but her own name's Lisa. No, it isn't. Okay, you're right. It's 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 Beth, and and they were just here's my number, here's my number. Call me up. Here's oh, I've number. never asked that second question of what? No, no. What's your real real name? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Because so. that is always bad. Like. I'm, uh, you know, I'm Venus. Yeah. No, you're not Venus. What's your real name? Let's, yeah. uh, let's well, talk. That would explain you. that fly trap of a pussy you have. <laughs> <clears throat> well, you know, it's um, a, a big thing. I don't, I don't go to any of those. I don't go to strip clubs or any of that kind of stuff now. And no, yeah, it's I've, been a while I've, for me. I have a friend of mine who, um, a girl who used to bartend at a strip club, uh, Sue, and uh, and she was great. I, 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 you know, Sue was so much fun to hang with. And uh, and she's like, yeah, anybody comes to trickle is just fucking losers. And I'm like, really? She was, yeah. It's, it's, the worst losers are the guys at the bar who tell me I don't ever come to strip clubs. <laughs> Those are the worst losers ever right. because they're fucking liars. Yeah, yeah. And they think, well, you know, you're attractive, but obviously you're you know you're shy because you're behind the bar. So I'm gonna try to pick up on you. So and he says anybody comes in, anybody, even they say I'm just here to see with my friends, but I don't want to fucking. Do it. They're fucking losers. If you want to be there, don't come there. Yeah, yeah. And I heard that, and I kind of went because I had friends like, come on, let's go to the strip club, and I'm like, no, man, you know, come on, just hang. I'm all right, so I'd go. And now I, I, she's like, yeah, you're right, you're right. I'm a fucking loser. Yeah. <clears throat> so you know, you don't now, have to go. No, not at all. People are like, come on, let's go to the strip club. And I'm like, no. I mean, I had a friend of mine uh, from Universal, and he comes to London a couple years ago. And we're having drinks. We're getting hammered. He's like, come on, man. Let's go to fucking, you know, strip club around here. I'm like, yeah, there's one down this alley here in Soho in London. He's like, oh, let's go. And I'm like, no, I'm not going in. You know, and I knew the bouncer. So I'm talking to the bouncer. I said, John, you go down. Get your shit done. You know, and I told the guys, look, he's a friend of mine, blah, blah, blah. And one of the guys who's like a distant cousin, he was like, oh, so he takes him downstairs. You know, 20 minutes later, he comes back up. Thanks, Dave. I'm like, yeah, no problem. I'm not fucking going down there. You know, and uh, he says, why not? I'm like, I, I don't need that. You know, were you afraid of getting caught? Didn't give a shit. I just don't, I, you know, I just don't want to be around it. 
Every uh, 20 minutes is... That's not very long, by the way. Things must have happened quickly for him. Nah, he's old. <laughs> I've been doing a thing now on the podcast where I do uh, I get the uh, guest thoughts on a autocomplete that I do on my phone. Oh, okay. So here's the one that I put in for you. Brits are, right? And then, it, and then you know, the phone based on Google's search histories, not mine, but just, you know worldwide or whatever it, it tries to autocomplete what right. i was probably I gonna <clears throat> you know what, what was going to continue complete that th- uh, question or thought or whatever so i just put brits are and then left it blank and what popped up were there were two things and i want your comments on them one is brits are ugly and the other one is ignorant about america <coughs> um the first one i don't necessarily agree with because i live in london so there are some smoking hot, full on point fashion bitches out there. You mm-hmm. know, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, all races, all nationalities. Just like holy shit. Mm-hmm. And then, as far as like ignorant about Americans, yeah, yeah. They think we're all gun toting, rooting, tooting, shoot 'em up, arrogant, you know, assholes. And um, and I always say, well, there's arrogance and there's confidence. And uh, arrogance means, yeah, I, you know, you tell people you can do it. Confidence is, yeah, you can get it done. We yeah. actually, you know, pony up. Um, so, yeah, they are. But I think right now the way America is going is it's – I like what David Suzuki says. You know, America right now is in a very large car heading very fast toward a brick wall and everybody's fighting for for a seat, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to grabbing the wheel and turning. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah and um, and I believe that, you know, and it's because I, I love the country, and you just kind of want to you want to yell from the stands, turn, turn the wheel, <laughs> you know, you know, like really, who, who is listening to Ted Cruz? Who who fucking is still putting a mic in front of Sarah Palin's you know gob? Right. Why has Michelle Bachman not been crucified for the fucking scary fag hag witch that she is? Uh huh. And yet we're granting airtime to this. And I have no bones against Fox News. It's good. Fox is what it is. Yeah. You know. But for the media to say, oh yeah, the media right now is so left wing. Really. Because that's not the shit that's getting the air in time. Yeah. You know, when you got this fucking cunt down in in, uh, in Utah or Nevada, Bundy, you know, who is is going, I'm not paying everybody. I don't recognize the federal government. You know, it, Europeans look at that and go, you're breaking the law. Fuck you. Go to jail. Uh-huh. You haven't paid your taxes. Fuck you. You haven't right. contributed to the betterment of your country. All you're doing is, is grazing for free on public land that we have to pay for, mm-hmm. you know? And I've, I've run into people going, well, in the Constitution says the American government can't own any property. So, yeah, you know, and I'm like, no, no. Have you even ever heard of national parks? Parks. It's the first thing I thought of when yeah, you said that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and who do you think, you know, governs them? Who do you think is looking after that? And, <clears throat> and Who uh, owns the Grand Canyon, asshole? Yeah, you know, how can – and so – I just hear this, and I'm thinking you're you – know, and people quoting, well, this happened on this date, and this happened on this date, and blah, 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 this and that. And you're like, okay, if you want to rehash you know, past history, you know, that's fine. But what's happening right now is this motherfucker has been grazing his, grazing his cows since 1993 for free, and he owes us a million bucks. If you don't pay – I mean, if I owed the government a million dollars, they would seize everything I own you know, and make me destitute. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd be serving time next to the Sammy Davis Jr. Simmer Memorial fucking jail cell for him doing the tax evasion. 
you know, as they have his fucking Frank Sinatra ring behind glass. <laughs> Fuck you, Ben. Are you really trying to pull this shit off? Yeah. And you're calling all the crazies down, all the armed militia pricks and their ATVs who are now going to ride through protected Indian land as a protest to the government, you know, incursion. You know, and and the government is looking at this going, holy shit, this could be a fucking another full-on Waco if we don't back down. Yeah. And and what they don't realize is it doesn't matter how many goddamn guns you have or how many crazies you have with fucking flak jackets standing on your property eating your hot dogs. In the end, the government will just go to, you know, they'll go to the computer and go, and click, we own everything. Yeah. That's it. You go to the fucking ATM and none of your cards work. You know, you show up at your house, your power's turned off, you have no water, and you can complain all you want. And all they do is go, you owe us a million dollars. You know, our relatives, you know, I've been here since then. Yeah, that's a great story. And you can tell your grandkids from your fucking deathbed <laughs> at the Medicaid nursing home because right. nobody can afford to cover your, your, your sorry-ass, unhealthy, you know, fucking butt. <laughs> so th- th- that's what it comes down to. <clears throat> I mean, if you, I'm sure if you went in and negotiated it, going, okay, what do you want? Let's work this out, blah, blah, blah. But no, they take the high road, that elitist fucking high road, and then spout on about, you know, the slaves had it better. The blacks had it better when they were slaves. Oh. Whoa, you know? And you <laughs> see the right. entire kind That's of, right. you know, right-wing media go, yeah, we probably shouldn't have backed this fucking uh-uh. shit back. No, no. You know? So, and between that, I mean, I was just reading about, I mean, the girls being kidnapped in Nigeria is just... It's horrible, fucking horrible. I mean, here are girls who are going against, you know, Sharia law and getting an education and being threatened on a regular basis of being not just kidnapped but raped and murdered and shot in the head like Malaya. <clears throat> and um, and then you got guys, you know, uh, and everybody's Twitter. You're doing the, the the tweet, the hashtag, you know, you know, uh, free our girls or whatever, yeah, save our girls, and um, and then Ann Coulter comes back with, you know, save our country. You know, you fucking sick blonde. Why are not you? I, I want to see the entire Blood and Crips gang get together and ceremoniously initiate her by butt fucking her till she bleeds out her eyeballs. <laughs> I mean, honestly, really, Anne, this is what you're doing to sell books? You fucking sick, low leveled fucking cracker bitch. And then for Rush Limbaugh to side with you, I can't believe the state of the government is this man gets this. I, fuck, really? There are girls' lives at stake yeah. here, and you're using this to sell fucking hemorrhoid cream? <laughs> you fucking oxycotton junkie, you? Uh-huh. <clears throat> yeah, you self-medicating son of a bitch. So, yeah, I mean, I look at that aspect of it, and I know that that is essential. We have to have, you know, the Glenn Becks and the Rush Limbaugh's, and we have to have the Ann Coulter things, but... One of the cool things that happened during the whole, um, they call it the, uh, the Troubles, you know, the IRA, you know. They don't call it a war. I call it a war occupation, but it's, it's the Troubles. The Troubles. <clears throat> and I can't even get involved with that because it's not my fight, you know. I have friends of mine who are from Northern Ireland, and they're both Catholic and Protestant and everything else, and it's, it's not my call. Right? right. But one of the cool things about that, anytime there'd be, a, they'd call in a bomb threat, people call in a bomb threat, even a fake one, they would have to address it. They'd have to, you know, realize that. And they gave the IRA, IRA a, uh, a code word to let, you know, the government know, no, you are re- you're really going to have a bomb, you know, and shit's going to, you know, blow. And so I, I remember, you know, many times being in London, and they'd get a bomb threat, and they'd have to empty out a tube station. And you're like, wow, and everybody's out on the street, and you know, and the fucking bomb guys show up, and they look through the whole thing. So I go, and I get on the news to see if there's any kind of nothing, nothing on the news, nothing in the paper, or nothing, because the government and the media would not give these pricks the satisfaction 
of getting oh, any kind of press time right, right. unless the thing actually, actually blew happened. up. Right. <clears throat> you know? And I thought that was really smart. Really smart. Mm-hmm. You know, so anytime you're going to go against this thing and you're not going to deliver or you're just, you know, trying to get attention, fuck you. You know, this is not your time to shine. Yeah. You know, so for guy people like Ann Coulter to, you know, save her country and for fucking Russ Limbaugh to say this kind of shit, you know, it'd be great to see the media as opposed to go, can you believe what he said? Just ignore him. Mm-hmm. You know, which is a tough thing to do, you know, because you can't, you're trying to fill in the time between, you know, what fucking Kim Kardashian did <clears throat> and, and some other, you know. And, the and latest Miley, Justin Bieber arrest. Yeah, Justin Bieber and Miley Cyrus, who, you know, all three of those should be chopped up and fed to cats. <laughs> you know, you're not going to get an argument from me. Yeah. Where do you uh, do you uh, where do you get your American news when, when living over there? <clears throat> well, you know we we do get. Um, I mean, I watch the BBC. Uh, Channel Four News is amazing, um, and it's just called Channel Four News uh, because they're they're not because the BBC has to kind of cater to because it's all we pay for it through our TV licenses and things like that. And I'm not saying it's unbiased, you know, but it is a little bit. Okay. Channel 4, <clears throat> one thing I like about Channel 4 is they'll rip into anybody, liberal or, you know, conservative. And um, the, like, Jon Snow, who's been around for donkey's years, you know, when the Obamacare thing first passed, they had, you know, one of the leaders of the Republican Party on, live, you know, and because it's five-hour time, you know, difference. And Jon Snow goes, before we start, I just want to congratulate you on finally joining the rest of the world and incorporating some sort of national health care system with your people and taking care of your population. Just want to congratulate you for finally joining where the rest of the world has always been for years. So anyway, and the guy's like, well, well no, wait, 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 you know. <clears throat> that's the thing. America is the most richest, most powerful country in the world, and yet we don't take care of our own people. And uh, and the rest of the world looks at that and just scratches their head. <laughs> like, really? What? Really? You know? So um, so I get it from uh, BBC, and also Al Jazeera is actually a pretty good. You, you get some coverage from America there. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> um, the uh, Russia Today is is uh, is interesting because they tend to criticize you know more than report the news, uh, but still you know it's a great way. As far as like print media, there's the International New York Times that comes out every day, which is about over two dollars you know uh, uh, an issue per day and it's not very thick paper yeah. but they do you know they, they show everything happening in america that's you know they deem important and you catch up on on sports scores and things like that and um so there's that and then um yeah i mean and then of course my dad being old school republican will forward me all this right-wing stuff oh really and because i've uh, is he on email and everything yeah, oh yeah yeah my yeah. dad's a silver surfer without a doubt you know, <clears throat> he's on constantly. <laughs> and so he, uh, I mean, we talk on Skype, which is great. But he, uh, yeah, so instead of saying, yo, can you believe this? He now will send it to me. And he'll write at the top, you know, is this true? You know, kind of thing. Oh. Yeah, so I'll go to Snopes or, you know, or Mythbusters or whatever the fuck it is on yeah, online yeah. and find out whether it is or not. Right. Yeah, so. But uh, but for the most part, because I live abroad, I'm more concerned with what's happening in Europe and then I see what's happening in America, and um, and I would love if if I had my choices, I'd move back to Idaho and run for office, you know, as a state, you know, as a as a for the House of Representatives or something like that. Really, I would, but it's a it's a rich man's job. You can't just you. It's not like it used to be where you would you know 
walk from one in the state to the other and go, I want to look after you and, you know, and I, I think, you know, you need a fair voice in the House of Representatives or whatever. You've got to be the person who's backed by <clears throat> special interest groups because otherwise they, you know, nobody's going to pay attention. You're, you're just some fucking crazy guy on top of a hill going, no, I can really help. I mean, no, you know whose help you need is that guy who saw you in London via Minneapolis. Oh, yeah, yeah. He lives on the Isle of Guernsey, <laughs> which is a tax haven, by the way, so he doesn't pay any taxes. Oh, yeah. well... <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it's like a little mini Switzerland out in the Channel Islands. So yeah, yeah which was also occupied by Germany. The Nazis had a little special base in the Isle of Guernsey. I found out today that um, uh, Hugo Boss, yeah, did the designer also designed the yeah he designed all the SS uniforms. Yeah, you knew. Yeah, that. Russell Brand went on a big kind of tirade about that. <clears throat> Unfortunately, what Russell Brand didn't do is he didn't read the second page of his fucking internet search, which is now Hugo Boss is made in Israel. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, most of the sh- – I mean, I have some Hugo Boss stuff. Most of it, it says made in Israel. Yeah. So, oh, interesting. Yeah. I just – like I said, I just found this out this morning, and uh, and I'm thinking Which I own – Which is why those SS guys look fucking sharp. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Because Try- I own one suit, uh-huh. and it's Hugo Boss. Oh, nice. So. I have a suit I had made in Hong Kong that says mine – as my name, made especially for Dave Fulton in Hong Kong. Well, three, three, four bucks? No, no, it was uh, like a couple hundred bucks, but it's a great suit. I got married in it. Do you ever get confused at uh, changing things over from the, you know metric to or like the money and everything? <clears throat> well, when you're I mean, explaining something, you're like, oh, let's see, in the UK, two feet. No, no, no. Uh, in the UK, it's miles an hour and all that kind of stuff. There's no kilometers per hour and that kind of stuff. But uh, all the temperature is in 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 Celsius. Yeah. So uh, you get an idea of roughly where it is. I mean, I know from ice climbing that 40 below Celsius is 40 below Fahrenheit. They meet up. And, uh, and I've been in, um, in Dubai when it was 50 degrees Celsius, which is about 140 whatever, which is scary, stupid hot. But, uh, but as far as like the money exchange rate, right now it's actually really good. The, uh, for me, the British pound is sitting at like $1.68. Hmm. Um, it was two to one a bunch of years ago, but six months ago it was sitting at about a dollar forty-five. So the dollar's getting, getting weaker. Yeah, yeah, dollar's weaker, and the um, and the pound is getting stronger. So, uh, but no, otherwise, I mean, you just you just work through it all the time, and, and you just yeah, you never get confused. So, I want to wrap things up. Oh, the only thing, the only thing that pisses me off is when I because I ride motorcycles everywhere, and I fill up. It's all in liters. Uh huh. So. so um, People are like, oh, what, what's the mileage you get on your bike? How many miles a gallon? I, I don't know. <laughs> you know? I don't know, and I'm not going to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do know uh, gasoline over there works out to almost $9 a gallon. Really? Really. <sighs> I was bragging yesterday with a coup- with uh, two coupons. I paid three twenty seven dollars per gallon. I paid three thirty uh two days ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't $3.30. Yeah. Yeah, I tell people I got friends of mine back in London would kick a fucking nun to death for three fifty. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe bring some of that back. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the TSA would let me have that one. <laughs> Probably not. What's that smell? Just dip a bunch of rags. And I brought Everclear over. Every now and then they pop me for that, but I've bought more Everclear over than they've caught. I've, they, I got, really? I got caught once with Everclear, but all the other times I was able to bring Everclear. Oh, and you can't just slam that down. You have to dump it out and yeah. leave it. No, no, they just take it. Yeah. I mean, Everclear, I mean, it's redneck roofie time. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. I, uh, before we're done here, I want to talk a little sports with you. Now, you said yeah. you're not a huge sports fan, but... Well, I mean, I, the most sports I do is not like you know team sports. I ice climb, I rock climb, I snowboard. Manly shit. <clears throat> this is what you're trying to say. 
I saw those pictures on Facebook of you uh, with the freaking snowboard and the, and ice, the ice pick. Ice oh, yeah, down, coming down the cosmic couloir. That, that was, looks amazing. That was amazing. I was a 45, 50-degree slope. I, that was as steep as I've ever snowboarded, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, that was pretty wild. Where was that? Uh, that was in the French Alps, uh, outside of Chamonix, France, off the Guy de Midi. All right, I'm going to read this to you and I'll get your thoughts on it. Former New York Giants safety, so football player, uh, his name's Tyler Sash. He was arrested Saturday morning in Iowa after leading police on a drunken scooter chase. Sweet. And then being tased. Nice. Yes. He was uh, charged with public intoxication and interference with official acts by police in Oskaloosa, Iowa. He, uh, let's see, he was riding the motorized scooter and, uh, with its lights off, and they asked him to stop. He refused on multiple occasions, leading uh, police on a four-block chase, chase, <laughs> and leaving the scooter and fleeing on foot, which was probably faster than that scooter since yeah. he was in the NFL. Uh, they eventually uh, found him hiding in a tree, and the 25-year-old refused to come out. They then shot him with a taser. You know how that was. He was drunk on a scooter. They saw some big guy. It probably thought, holy shit, is a circus in town? <laughs> what the fuck? And they pulled him next to him. So they pulled him over. So he's drunk. And he looked at them and went, fuck you. You know? <laughs> shit like that. <clears throat> That's the kind of stuff that I hear about in, in London. Guys, like, uh, example, I was in Newcastle, <clears throat> Newcastle, which is the northeastern part of England. And I'm staying at the, at the, uh, the hotel, uh, working this really great club called The Stand. So it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Thursday night, I do the show, but I come back to the hotel. Three o'clock morning, I hear this noise outside in the courtyard. And I open the curtains, and there's a guy standing in a dumpster with wheels on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he's playing a trumpet. And his friend is pushing him around the courtyard while he's playing a trumpet, you know? Just... And at the, you just wonder the thought process, you know? Just hammered and go, hey, there's a dumpster, man. Oh, my God, I, I got that trumpet. Let's fucking... You know, so here you get a guy who's playing, gets on this little scooter. In his mind, this is the best idea he's had all day. Mm-hmm. And the cops are just fucking, just killing his buzz, you know? <laughs> I think it's hilarious. I mean, because the way the cops are, then we pursued him for four blocks. You know, no, he's this big fucking lummox circus looking prick who won't pull over on the scooter with no lights. Yeah, I, I picture that the the, uh, the chase. They actually take a turn and just meet him down four blocks away. Cause yeah. he's like, well, I'm, I'm sure at one point in the cop car, they're like, you know, uh, if we go any slower, the car's going to stall out. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Maybe we should pull off ahead of him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, oh, here's a little more about our pal Tyler Sash. He was. Uh, he's not in the NFL anymore. Uh, he was a sixth round draft pick. Uh, he played at Iowa, but uh, he was suspended in 2012 for violating the NFL's policy on performance-enhancing substances. So, Obviously not alcohol. Obviously not alcohol. Well, you know what? There's, there's a great thing about America is there's always hope. You don't believe me? Two words. Michael Vick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, the guy's actually raising dogs again, for Christ's sakes. There were, uh, there, <clears throat> he's not with the Vikings, but there was uh, there was talk, some people really wanted him to be a Viking this upcoming season. Yeah. Now, you went, lived in Seattle, and yeah. uh, you were telling me that you watched, they Seattle are Super Bowl champions. <clears throat> yeah, that was, um, uh, it's not like I'm a huge American football you know, fan. I've been to a couple games, and, you know, it's great fun, and, and, um, and because, you know, Seattle has worked very hard with you know uh, uh, Paul Allen and the rest. He Hawk tried it. They came, you know, they were in the playoffs. They made a Super Bowl once before and never won it. Yeah. And uh, and Denver, 
a hate. Fucking hate Denver. You know, to me, they're the fucking Yankees of American football. Oh, so, no. I yeah. love the Broncos. Really? You're killing I, me, man. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan at all. No? And um, so, uh, and that's the thing. Seattle's always not like the Broncos. Always. And, um, I mean, all dating all the way back to fucking hee-haw quarterback. So, I stay up late because of the time differences. And, um, you know, it's, you know, okay, fine, pre-bent. But the cool thing about it was there was no commercials because all the stuff they sold was not sold internationally. All the, you know, the million dollars for per second commercials they had yeah. wouldn't translate. They had no license to do them in the U.K. So, in between the plays, when you guys are watching... You know, whatever, fucking Bob Dylan or something. There were there were two Bob Dylan commercials. Yeah, I think. yeah, we yeah. didn't see any of that. Instead, it, it, they get done with the play and they would break to a box that was actually at the stadium, where they had um, I can't remember the guy's name. He's he's Canadian, but he's really he really knows the sports, and he used to do a late night sports show in the UK, and he had an American football player, and then they had an English guy who's a huge fan of American football, and they're just talking about the play. Well, you should have done this. What do you think of that? Well, let's all do this again. So. And then they go, okay, let's go back down to the field. And so it was, it was riveting. I mean, because I hate the commercials anyway, uh-huh. and even more so now that I, I don't live here. And so it was like, wow. So I ended up staying up later, and I probably would have. <clears throat> and I was like, well, this is really great. And so I'm on Twitter going, this is the best ever. And at first I'm like, fucking this, fuck that. Look at this. I hate that commercial. Who's the guy I think he's doing? Right. You know, and I would put on, like, no commercials here, no commercials here. And, you know, and people are like, I hate you, you know, this. And so, yeah. And, uh, but, uh, and I, I initially, my wife goes to bed. I said, well, I'll watch a little bit of it, you know, and see where this goes. Because everybody, you know, all the hashtags are like, you know, Denver by 10, Denver by, you know, 11, oh, 14, yeah. two, you, know, you know, Seattle by 3, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. That was all boom, 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 boom. And I put I put 100 bucks. I, sorry, I put, um, God, what was that? I put, I put like 10 quid because it was 10 to 1 to Seattle to take it from the place I went. <clears throat> and um, I said, yeah, you know, Seattle to win. And the guy's like, all right, you know. And uh, the shutout was 100 to 1, you know. I'm like, no, it never happened. And, and so, you know, so I'm watching this, and then the first kickoff, and they get the fucking free safety on that. Yeah. <clears throat> and I was like, Ho- what, 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 what the fuck is this? Holy shit. And I was just hooked. And yeah, I, it was a sh- it was surprise from the beginning. Oh, yeah, yeah, right from the beginning. Yeah. And then when it went to the third quarter, and by the way, the halftime show, I mean, we saw that, but because we, they weren't doing the live feed with some of the other ones, it was you know, kind of cut between all that. It was kind of, wow, this is, you know, Bruno Mars. You know, really? This, this is all you could get? You know? <laughs> I mean, you know, Bruno's done great, you know, for an Hawaiian guy, but come on, really? You know? I've never heard of him. He's done great for a Hawaiian guy. Yeah, you know, I'm sure Kermit Appeal was overjoyed. So, yeah, and then come third quarter, when it was still a shutout, now I'm almost, I'm, I'm, I have a pillow over my face yelling at the TV because I don't want to wake up the house. You know, because I didn't put fucking five pounds down on the 101 shutout. And I'm like, I can't sit here to the end and watch this. I know I know the Seahawks are going to win. There's no way Denver's going to come back on this. Yeah. It was- but I can't sit here and watch that money. Because I actually had the gal at William Hill, which is, you know, the uh, the betting place, okay. look at me and go, oh, come on, put a fiver on on the shutout. I mean, so what? It's a fiver, you yeah, know? Yeah. It's, it's a pint of beer and some and some and some potato chips. Nah, nah, nah. It's, it's all right, you know, because I've been followed. I don't know. And I'm like, fuck, fuck. So when I wake up and check the scores, I'm like, okay, you know. Then I start checking the odds on the point spreads and just the long shots on the spreads. I'm like, fuck, you know, <clears throat> which is, you know, and and, it, and, it was, and I love the high scoring because you watch you watch football matches or, you know, soccer matches over mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they're like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And, you know, 90 minutes later with three minutes of uh, uh, overtime – 
you know, uh, and and there are no scores. Yeah. Nil-nil. Nil-nil, you know? Yeah. And they're, like, all shaking hands, you know, yeah, Arsenal has now retained their deal. And, if, and, and because it's all a points thing, <clears throat> it, you'll be in a pub, and they'll watch that, and they're like, okay, nil-nil. And then they'll turn to another screen, and they'll see, like, Newcastle playing, you know, Tottenham. You know, and Tottenham will score. And I'm like, fuck, Arsenal just went up one. I'm like, they, they, but they didn't score. How are you working this out in your head? You know, there's 137 teams or some shit like that. And these guys who, you know, and, and hats off. They're like, well, if he gets this and this and this and they'll be in the points leader. I'm like, what? What? You know? <clears throat> and you know, do you like Man, Man City? No, I fucking hate Man City. It's a, you know, goddamn, you know, Middle Eastern guy just fucking wrote checks for players and he bought the fucking championship. Oh, the Yankees. <clears throat> yeah, no, yeah, then, yeah, them, you know. And then it's like, what about Man U? Well, Alex Ferguson left and they hired this other guy and he's not going to get his five million pound bonus because they, they're at the bottom of the league and, you know, all sort of kind of shit. And, you know, and, and the thing is, because it's so, I mean, you think they're passionate around here about this. And in, in the UK, families, you inherit a team. You know, dad. You know, dad's a fucking Arsenal fan. You're an Arsenal fan. Mm-hmm. That kind of shit. You know, even the shitty teams. You know, like or the teams not doing it, like Sheffield Wednesday or something like that. I've been following Sheffield Wednesday for this, this and that. You know, and so you can be in a pub, you know, and watch your team and be in like because my local pub's an Arsenal pub, and you can go in there and be Chelsea be playing or something like that. And you're like, yeah, fucking Chelsea. You know, and then you have these guys in Arsenal looking at going, mate, you better leave. You better leave. Because we're going to drag you outside and beat the shit out of you. Wow. Yeah. You know, they're that passionate about it. So, yeah. I, <clears throat> I thought college uh, football was hard to keep up with, with all the teams. But <laughs> but they have amazing heroes, and, and, you know, a, a legacy of heroes like George Best. You know, one of the great all-time players. And uh, played, you know, Manchester United, and he's a, you know, a Northern Irish guy. <clears throat> There's a really great story, and everybody's here in the UK. They don't give a shit. Where he's at the Savoy Hotel in London, which is like <laughs> up, right up there. And he calls for room service, and the guy wheels in all this booze, and he looks at George Best, and George Best is naked in bed with two naked models, you know, and they're ordering more champagne. And the, and the guy giving the room service looks at George and goes, Ah, George, where did it all go wrong for you? <laughs> it hasn't. Yeah, yeah, but he, he, he's dead from alcohol poisoning. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, at least he wasn't on a scooter being tased in a tree. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Dave, thank you. Thank you, man. Continued success, sir. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks.